Uh, what up, NIA fam? Uh, doing a quick housekeeping. So first of all, happy Thanksgiving to all our U.S. listeners. As we talk about, you know, I'm up there in Canada. Uh, Trung is up in Canada, but I'm going to have some turkey. I want to have some turkey tomorrow. So I'm recording this right now at uh, around 9 p.m. on Tuesday night, PT, Pacific Time. Recorded with the boys about 10 hours ago about the OpenAI saga. And, you know, this thing's been moving so fast and we knew it's going to get crazier the second that we stopped recording. So I actually want to do a quick preview or update tomorrow morning. But, you know, we got to get our sleep in and not worry about it. We, we're not going to be able to chase this story. So here is the update as of 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Uh, everything that you're about to listen afterwards, the recording I have with the boys, a lot of evergreen historical stuff about uh, OpenAI that I think you'll enjoy anyways. But I'll give you some updates that are, are worthwhile to note here. So I'll give you three updates as of 9 p.m. Pacific time. It looks like Sam uh, Altman and Greg Brockman uh, will be headed back to OpenAI. They are in deep uh, negotiations right now. Bloomberg and uh, Kara Swisher, and I think he, the information reporting that there's serious momentum for them to return to OpenAI in their previous roles. There's going to be changes, of course, with the amount of insanity that's been going on. There's going to be changes, okay? So it looks like they're headed back. They have an open offer to go work at Microsoft, and over 700 OpenAI employees have said that they will go with Sam and Greg to Microsoft. Apparently, Microsoft is prepping the San Fran offices right now uh, of San Fran Microsoft. So that's on the table. The second thing worthwhile, uh, since I recorded uh, with Bilal and Jack this morning, on Tuesday morning, was an article came off the New York Times. It also looks like the information has similar information. Uh, there's more color around why there was this sudden firing of Sam Altman. And it looks like a, a, a big beef here is with one of the uh, six board members. So there's six board members on Friday uh, before Sam was fired and then Greg uh, resigned. So Helen Toner, uh, Tasha McCauley, and Adam D'Angelo are three of the non-OpenAI uh, affiliated board members. The three OpenAI affiliated board members were Sam uh, Greg and uh, their chief scientist, Ilya Sitzdaver. And uh, it looks like Helen had written a paper uh, that was critical of OpenAI. And Sam uh, basically tried to use that for pretense to get her taken off the board. And a lot of board politics here because the board has shrunk from about nine to six over the past year or so, about six to nine months. And they haven't been able to replace uh, those three seats that they lost. Uh, because there's been disagreement over who to put in uh, to those board seats. Uh, there's this battle within OpenAI for you know going faster, commercializing uh, the product versus a more safety, a nonprofit angle. We'll discuss a lot of that, or we do discuss it in the episode. So the interesting thing here that I want to note about Helen is, so this board beef, uh, it looked like if Sam had taken Helen off the board, the board would have been five people. And three of them would have been open AI. And uh, the very likely Sam could have grown the board, maybe back to nine or 10 or more. And it would have been with uh, directors that were very aligned 
with Sam's vision of what to do with OpenAI, which, you know, just from the outside, it looks like it's much more on the commercialization side, particularly after the success of Developer Day, their first OpenAI Developer Day that we talked about in previous episodes. So those were two things I wanted to update. The last thing that I'll mention is that uh, OpenAI shipped a new product today. They like made their voice uh, 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 AI, generative AI voice thing available for free. And uh, I saw another article where basically within OpenAI, it's like ChatGPT went down today. So they're trying to keep things going uh, internally. And uh, some Slack messages got out, uh, I think from Bloomberg, either Bloomberg New York Times. And it just looks like OpenAI is operating as if it's business as usual and trying to get everything buttoned up before Thanksgiving weekend. So again, this is Tuesday night. I'm trying to do a little service for the NIA crew. if we're not, if something big happens uh, in the meantime, in the next 12 hours, we won't be able to capture that. But again, banger jokes as usual for the rest of the episode. Lots of background on open AI, some of the evergreen historical stuff. But uh, one of two worlds is either 700 employees are going to be at Microsoft for formerly open AI or open AI will be back with Sam and Greg at the helm uh, with a new board for sure, though, uh, in that capacity. I think... Uh, Brett Taylor, the former co-CEO of Salesforce and the chair of Twitter when Elon bought it. Uh, He looks like he'll be on that board and other hitters from the Valley, maybe more traditional technology experience uh, versus some of the board members I mentioned. Um, And then other than that, yep, that's it. So thank you listeners and enjoy this episode. Uh, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. We got Jack Butcher, Trung Fan, Bilal Zaidi. Nowhere else to start, boys. People been asking for it. OpenAI, the coup of Sam Altman. I love Altman. it that people are asking for the OpenAI story. <laughs> yeah. And they're like going to get so we're recording. Yeah, we're recording at, what time is this now? We're recording be... at 1 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah. This thing's going to be out in 18 hours, maybe 12. We'll, we're, we're no we'll see if we could get out to that, yeah. but if not, we'll we can see be if the homie raffle can get it out quickly. If not, all good. It's Thanksgiving. Listen, we're not that type of shop, right? We're not one of these places where you hear leaks of stories like, oh man, Trunk's really hard to work with. No, that's not what it's like at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> you ain't Trung, gonna hear no James. Trunk's always on time. Trunk's internet works all the time. There's never issues. No, I'm messing around. No, but, no, um, but guys, well, let me point out though, Blau's not gonna be happy about this. You guys notice something missing? Bro, my kid's been rolling in for the listeners. <laughs> you know, on the mics they have that, what is that, the foam to like absorb the sound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I sound bad this week, it's because my kid comes to my office now and hides my muff thing and he just doesn't tell me where it is. I go, LT, where is it? And he just starts laughing, like <laughs> you'll never know. Jack, does ever I wonder to where you? he gets that from. I wonder where he gets that from. Not yet, man, but I'm a little bit behind you. Yeah, how are you guys doing, man? Jack? How, are you? how are you guys doing? Good. You guys good? Bless. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you know what? It. Let's All just right. get into it. Let, guys, so like uh, listeners, uh, I, as you can tell, I'm pretty wide right now. I've been running before these podcasts. That's why I've been coming pre-workout. late, guys. Pre-workout. You get the yeah, pre-workout? Yeah, I do a nice in? 5K before these because it gets me so wired, as you can probably tell right now. So I'm I'm doing the pre-K drink because that the one week Jack was kind of making fun of me for doing pre-K so or the pre-workout. So I actually do workout now after taking it instead of just going to this podcast too. So right now today What is it the no no NOS or something you're yeah, drinking? Yeah, yeah, no, the uh, C4. So 
I had a coffee at seven thirty. What's the ridiculous had, name as well? I had a coffee Incredible. at seven thirty. All right, so it's ten a.m. right now. At eight thirty, before I drove my kid to drop him off at school, I had a C four, and then I just banged out a five k run. I'm so wired right now. You can probably tell, right? So incredible. Let's. So the, I'll, I'll tell listeners what we're gonna talk about today. Oh, we can go sideways. Doesn't even matter, man. It. We're gonna go for meme of the week, and the meme of the week this year is just gonna be the entire feed for Chris Baki, uh, X legend, works at X, uh, former uh, multi-time entrepreneur. One of the greatest performances I've ever seen on the might be the greatest performance ever. If we're being honest, I also love how you call it a performance. Like it is a performance. It's dude. incredible. Well, so I, I, I'm not gonna spill the beans here, but like Chris told me that at one point over this weekend, since uh, Sam Altman was shockingly fired, which I'm sure a lot of the listeners know from uh, from OpenAI, CEO of OpenAI was fired by the board for not. No one really knows why in the letter just said he wasn't consistently candid with communications, which is something my wife says to me all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But Chris, on Friday, so you guys know when these news stories happen, we've talked about it, right? So X is the video game. It's just like any other video game. The whole point is you play Fortnite, you have a map, right? Every, Every two weeks, they change the map. Beauty with X Twitter is every day the map changes. And the map is whatever that story is of that day, right? So we've had some good days. We had the Silicon Valley Bank weekend, which was wild, right? You remember the, the Suez Canal? Remember the Suez Canal got blocked and the <laughs> yeah, memes yeah. that came up out of that? <laughs> so, dude, Friday pops off. I get five text messages like, oh, oh Sam Altman's fire from OpenAI. Does, does this mean anything for your startup, Trump? First of all, it means nothing because I'm a thin rapper that makes such minimal amount of money. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But I find out, and I'm going on. I'm like, oh, it's a new map drop. I got to drop a banger. Chris, within the first hour, has three tweets out. They're all 10 out of 10. And I'm just like, oh, my God. This, the pressure is... Uh, this yeah, guy Jack, is... I have to say, pressure. Jack, text the group chat saying, Trunk, this is your Super Bowl. Let's just yeah. get it going. Jack goes, Trunk. Go. <laughs> so can we actually just pull Chris's feed and just like, we'll just walk through a couple of them. It's been nonstop. I got to share the screen once. So I'll just tell a couple of things. Like on Friday, he was fired. On Saturday, it looks like he was going to come back because the board, as we'll talk about, it's made of six people. And then on Monday, Satin Adele's like, wait, you guys aren't going to blow me up. I'm going to hire them. So just keep going down. There's a couple uh, bangers. Keep going down. Uh, Oh, yeah, this one. Oh, my goodness. Bilal, (laughs) can you read this one out? Wait, wait. This one, hey, open air. What? This is ridiculous. Cancel my subscription. Uh, what's the best it's recipe for cooking and delicious chat. Yeah. Thanksgiving turkey hey bud can you ask this again later it's me Jeff the last engineer here okay I mean it's ridiculous <laughs> we'll get back to you as we soon we figure out how these GPUs work I mean yeah I mean inset- I mean, he's been on fire you've been on fire to be fair as well I will say I mean I reference it as we start recording the chat The uh, there was a video this guy put up who had like 2,000 followers it was, it was the most super viral classic what is it is it is it a mexican guy or like a guy speaking spanish no, right el, el recitas he's spanish he's spanish okay my bad yeah. uh but yeah so that that classic meme of him like explaining cracking up like that every time this happens like ftx what happened there with with uh sam Bartman freed like the all at the silicon valley bank that one always is just the best one to me like it's it's very hard to beat man it's incredible you want me to tell you that like a quickly that that is such a great template because of the guy right he's a the spanish dude's missing teeth yeah so, like, yeah people who don't know his he's backstory so wild right yeah he his laughter is so legendary he was just like he's basically like a, a vagabond did nothing for his entire life and that story he tells 
is about when he was in his early 20s working at a restaurant and when he's doing the thing like slapping the table like yeah i'm what sharing happened? the screen here yeah. you can see it so he's telling this story so the sto- dude you guys want to laugh look at my sweater and look at his sweater right now <laughs> <laughs> not a coincidence not a coincidence yeah so yeah. elon posted it i mean the quality of this video and uh well anyways man let's get into it blah do you want yeah, to do so some creative let, lab I, I think look by this point I think a lot of people have been following the story, but let's assume right now someone's listening to this doesn't know. Let's try to give them the summary of what happened and why this is such a significant thing. I will say also after we talk about this, we do want to share some stuff that Jack's been doing as well, which uh, you should make sure you're here for the end of the show for that part as well because it's really interesting shit he's been doing. Trung, why don't you take us through the little play-by-play timeline from Friday? I mean, first of all, where were you when this happened? Were you at dinner with your wife? chilling at home like I'm curious what it was like for you because you clearly can, went straight to the phone yes I was on my couch working on my email to send out the next day and then I there had to take go. the Read kid yeah take the kid to uh, biking and then uh, I had dinner with my kid because my wife had an event to go to herself I was not present at all between the hours of 2 and 7 p.m. <laughs> like Jack you've been through this right you got two kids you, does Celia ever catch you not being present? And what does she say to you? Of course, man. I mean, the... Uh, yeah, it, moments like that, man, there are outsized... These are asymmetric opportunities. That's the discussion <laughs> that we have. Bro, the amount of creator revenue I'm expecting from this weekend is significant. <laughs> exactly. All right, so I'll get into it. Exactly. So it's about 1 or 2 p.m. A shock message. You guys probably saw it took over the timeline. I have never seen anything like it, right? Like Jack, you, like you've been in crypto moments. Just took it over. Sam Altman fire. Yeah, 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 crazy. SBF level, like yeah. It was. I mean, it's a, it's remarkable how invested people are in this yeah. story in general. <laughs> and well, the funniest thing is, spoiler alert: it might be after all this, he just comes back and becomes CEO. Yeah. We'll get to that in right. a minute. So well, it was yeah. like four days of. All this what craziness. did me and Bilal spend last week talking about? A- AI is the thing now, right? AI yeah. is it, right? Well, I mean, we're talking. We'll talk about Web three a bit. Jack's got some Web three things still going on, but like AI is it, right? So what is OpenAI right now? It's eighty six billion dollar valued startup, right? It's the most important startup. private company, pretty much. One of it's the yeah, most yeah, important yeah. private and company, other yeah. than SpaceX, other than SpaceX, and maybe by dance, right? And yeah. how are Listen, they? How are they extrapolating that valuation from? I mean, the thing with valuations, private startups, as we've talked about before, is like it's not really value; it's a price. It's a price. Is whatever people are willing investor. to pay. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. Right? Is you're not willing really like, buyers at a fair market price? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As we've seen with <laughs> some other template. So I'll give you some numbers. OpenAI is doing a billion, and that's serious, right? A billion annual. They have a hundred million active users on ChatGPT. We've talked about it a lot. ChatGPT is one of the greatest consumer products ever created, like out of thin air, essentially. Not thin air, but like how quickly it took the mind. I think it's the fastest growing product to 100 million. Yeah, we're not counting threads. Like, no one's counting threads, right? Yeah, it's like Bilal said. Yeah. Bilal, who's worked at Google, no scale. Like, Bilal, Bilal, how many. (laughs) Once a week, we've got to get it in. How many products at Google have a billion users? Like, eight or nine? I think it's seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, when I was there, it was seven. Maybe it's more now. But yeah. Yeah, so 100 million in this. It's so incredible. So we're just setting the table for the listeners at this point. Yeah. They're probably wondering, like, what the fuck? Can this guy get to the point? Yeah. So <laughs> but Sam Altman, as we discussed last week, we were calling it 
the Steve Jobs moment. He had developer on day. On Dev first, Day, right? Yeah. Yeah, on Dev Day for OpenAI, which we talked about. They, they released a new model and these like GPT agents. And Sam Altman's on stage holding the phone with the exact 83 degree cocked arm like Steve Jobs. It looked like this guy was Steve Jobs. And, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of things. Like most people under the age of 35 in Silicon Valley, they, he is their Steve Jobs. Like even there, there's two schools that thought about Sam Altman. It's the, there's a skeptical school. It's a school of like, this guy actually hasn't done anything. He was, he went to, uh, uh, prior to OpenAI. It's like, he went to YC. Uh, he had a, a startup called Looped. You guys remember? Didn't, uh, I don't even know what it is. I think it's a social location app. Yeah. Didn't really go anywhere. I think he, I but think then, they sold it and he probably netted like five mil, I heard. Yeah. From, he made a little bit of money, but nothing okay, crazy. But not like not the like level Evan he got Spiegel to. Spiegel or Zuckerberg, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But then, because he's, he's about Zuck's age, like just to, just to give you an idea. So like. Also Stanford he, dropout, similar how Stanford Zuck dropout. was a Harvard dropout. Harvard dropout. Exactly. Keep interjecting, by the way, because I'm just going to cook and you just get. So Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, this uh, uh, a, a startup incubator, he basically he handpicks uh, uh, Sam Altman. And we talked about it, uh, I think, last week. Is like in 2009, when Sam Altman was 24 years old, Paul Graham wrote an essay. He wrote an essay saying, who are the five CEOs I tell startups to study? Number one was Steve Jobs. Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Bain were on there. I forgot the other two. But the fifth guy he picked was Sam Altman, 24-year-old Sam Altman who had done like nothing of note. And what he said about Sam Altman was, I've never met a guy that was more ambitious and more strategic uh, for startups. He said this was Sam was 24. Five years later, he made Sam the president of Y Combinator. A year after that, Sam Altman co-founds OpenAI with Elon Musk, Reid Hoffman, Peter Thiel, all these hitters, okay? And then... Not again, he leaves YC under pretty uh, shady circumstances in the sense no one really knows why he left YC. It's like not clear. He just kind of got taken off of YC. Clearly, he's A and ace operator, but also, I mean, when you're yeah, that. There's ambitious. some smoke here as well. Let's be, because yeah. there has to be some balance because over the, in my opinion, in the last five days, there's basically been like, one camp that I see anyway. Maybe I'm just in a in a little bubble here, but it's like, oh my God, this is the craziest thing, which, you know, I kind of agree. But also it's like, we're not really hearing out the other parts and maybe we'll get to that in the, in the conversation. I mean, but there's like, a, there's there a is few one things big time bomb. Yeah. There's, I yeah. mean, we're not, I don't want to get into personal allegations, but I mean, yeah. I'll just say this because it's quite yeah, public it's worth now. Mentioning, yeah. His sister has made a sexual assault allegation of some sort against him. Yeah. And she's publicly made it. And, and when was uh, that? Was that six months ago or a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, it's within the last year. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. No idea the veracity yeah. of that. But that was something that was brought up. The other things that we did bring up is the YC things. Like, why did he leave YC? No one's actually really sure, right? And listen, when you're that ambitious, let's be honest, you're gonna have enemies. But he also has a lot of supporters. He did a he. he I mean, we the saw people that, that came in the last few days. Him, yeah, dude. Like for under of Airbnb, uh, Brian Chesky has been so. Brian Chesky came out really strongly. His co-founder, uh, 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 Greg Brockman, the first CTO of Stripe, came out basically kind of saved him to be honest from this whole thing. So like that's the temp. We're setting that up. That's who Sam Altman is. Over the past year, he's really gotten this uh, reputation as super founder, right? Because of OpenAI, for everything we just talked about, Blau mentions like 
the speed that it went the hundred million, right? How important it is uh, if we believe AI is the next uh, computing platform or the platform shift. So that's the importance of it. That's why it's such a shocker. So he gets fired, and now we're gonna get into the bit of the weeds because this stuff won't get blown up by the fact that this news is gonna change in a couple days. But like, I'll give the quick TLDR on the news is Friday fired Saturday. People are like, well, the board doesn't really give a reason why they fired him other than this not consistently candid with communications. We can talk about that. Uh, the TLDR on that is that he wants to commercialize much faster than Ilya Sitstaver, who's a chief scientist and also co-founder of OpenAI. Ilya is more concerned about creating a, uh, AGI, artificial general intelligence, that can benefit humanity, right? That's the initial founding mission of OpenAI, which we will talk about. And then all through the weekend, it looked like investors and Microsoft, who's invested $13 billion into this partnership, but into and a And they own 49%, right? Of the for-profit entity. Of the for-profit. But the non-profit that we discussed that Sam Altman had co-founded with those tech hitters oversees everything. And then this six-person board, this board which has seen so much turnover the, over the past five years, controlled that, uh, basically everything. The craziest part about all this is if you're talking about a $90 billion startup, and then if you want to say AI is a multi-trillion dollar industry, it's controlled essentially by three non-employee directors of OpenAI. Uh, one don't is, really uh, have, uh, people will say they don't have skin in the game. There's no equity. don't have skin in the game. They were not technologists. One is Joseph Gordon-Levitt's wife, who hasn't really done much, as I could tell. Uh, I mean, Bilal, you kind of had like a semi-smiling face. I mean, that was, I'm not saying Because I've heard that line and I, I genuinely want to know, like, I'm assuming she must have done something to get there. She's I, she has a robotics startup, okay. I think. Yeah, but yeah, it's, fair. But it's not clear. Considering that, yeah, yeah. You're the board, you're a board member, a deciding yeah. board member for one of the, you know, it's all, the other one is Adam uh, D'Angelo, co-founder, yeah. uh, no, a founder of Cora. Cora, an early West employee at Facebook too, right? Yeah, if you've seen the social network, they talk yeah, about him in there, yeah. Exactly. So that's the deciders, right? That's the shock here. And then, so you mentioned Microsoft, right? They own 49% of this for-profit entity. But I love this. You know how we always talk about Satya, Big Dick Satya? Yeah. <laughs> Who just, Big Dick Satya just He whipped just it out squeezed. this weekend for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically. Sorry. Just sorry. slapped it on the negotiating. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, right? So the board has ostensible governance control. But what do you need with AI, which we'll discuss? You need a lot of compute. You need a lot or of as your credits. To, yeah, from you need Microsoft. a lot of them cloud credits, son. And you need access to chips, which Microsoft has an abundance of. So when we say that, when Bilal, you know, metaphorically says Satya Nadella whipped it out, he meant Satya Nadella whipped out the Azure credits and be like, yo, do you want these or not? Because I can I can do this, right? If the listeners, I'm pulling them back. And so Satya is like, you're Wait, you're gonna blindside me? Because he was—he found out a minute before we did, one minute before Trump fan, co-founder of Thin <laughs> GPT rapper Barely AI, one minute, <laughs> one minute before that, billionaire Satya Nadella, CEO of a three trillion dollar company. I found out one minute after him, he ain't happy. His messaging has been incredible, by the way. Yeah, he had an interview with Kara Swisher last night. I listened to it three times. This dude was just, you know, in football, when you're swimming through the defenders, his answers were, if you want to see a master class in corporate communications, go listen to the interview. 
He's just Kara Swisher, who's a tough interviewer. She's like, Satya, you're blindsided. How mad are you? He's like, listen, not good. What happened was not Sorry, good. I gotta say, <laughs> Jack just put in the, in the chat here, C4, because Trung's on fire right now. <laughs> Trung has got that pre-work and that four Bro, caffeine shot to just hitting I, him at once right now. I am now. wired right now. <laughs> Incredible. Not just a caffeine dude, that B4 vitamin, right? And that, that run. Yeah. There you go. You got endorphins going too. So Satya on this interview is like, not good. I love how he said not good. He didn't say bad. He said not good. Because in corporate comms, you don't want to say bad, right? So you say not good. That's like on the list of words not to say. I exactly. remember reading a list. I remember doing one of those trainings where they're like public speaking training. Uh, and the what list, else, the what stuff. Else, what are the words? I mean, uh, it was words? like. Do not use the what? Well, it was something that I was like, it was like something around the word data. And I was like, how am I supposed to never use the word data? Like my whole half my job is data. Uh, and it wasn't literally that, but it was something like that. Like, do not refer to the machine. Do not refer to um, the system. Like there's all these like phrases that people get scared about. And there's, there's yeah. like a... Well, there was work. an anti-monopoly uh, memo, right? For Google that was famous. It's like, don't use the word market share in any... That might be uh, in there as well. But by <laughs> the way, sorry, Trunk, before we, before we do it, I do want to give the quick summary because just again, I think we're going into some deals with Satya and we want to get to that. But real, let's just recap where we are, yeah? So Friday, we see this tweet basically go out. Everyone finds out he's basically been fired. The, the board, the, yeah, it's a letter the, from the board. Letter from the board. From Sam, you know, and then we get to the weekend... Sam basically confirms that, saying, I've had a great time here. I'm stepping down or whatever, or I'm not going to be here anymore. Then this Microsoft stuff starts kicking off. And Greg, oh, the, the other guy... One small thing I think is yeah, huge, though, which to your point, yeah. and you mentioned it, right? Because you had mentioned how your timeline was like just both sides, right? It's like people were just like, oh, man, I knew this was coming. It's like, where the smoke, their fire, right? Something you kind of mentioned, you saw a bit of that. Greg Brockman, the president and co-founder, kind of saved him. Because he did, yeah. Where at that point, people are wondering all the worst things, kind of stuff. You think, we yeah, make. if for something like this, you're like, there must be something that we don't know, and on maybe that still is something we don't know. During but, markets, right? Yeah. Like that quickly, the night before, he was representing OpenAI at the Apex Summit with Xi Jinping there. Like he was the still the face of OpenAI the night before, right? For this to happen, it's either that Very thing weird. that we mentioned earlier yeah. or serious financial malfeasance, right? Like, yeah. uh, and, and it came out that he was trying to start a chip company, raising a fund. And listen, everybody's got side hustles in the Valley, right? But like- I love that that's his side hustle. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Jack's face there as well. A chip right. company is a side hustle. That's hilarious. <laughs> he was in the Middle East trying to raise billions, bling, bling of, billions of dollars to create an NVIDIA competitor. That's his side hustle. Like, and we mentioned WorldCoin, right? Which is like his UBI crypto thing. And then, yeah. okay, at this point, Jack, I want you to jump in. So before I ask Jack, I'm saying like, okay, Bilal, thank you for pulling it back. That's that's where we're at, right? But Greg Brockman came in kind of saving because Greg threw himself in. He's like, I'm ride or die with this guy. I'm riding with Sam. And the best part actually is 10 years ago, Sam Altman wrote a blog post and it's just titled Greg. And he's saying every startup needs a Greg. Like, we can laugh because Greg is obviously from Succession. Greg is a yeah, goofy yeah, cousin. Yeah. So, okay, that's the that, that's kind of what's happening, right? Like, that's the timeline. And we're just on Tuesday. And, and as of Tuesday, the Satya TLDR is, he doesn't really care if Sam Altman is at Well, we haven't now. mentioned the Microsoft thing so because we didn't yeah. complete that. So okay. for someone who didn't follow that, He's Satya comes out and says, yeah, go on. created a new Microsoft AI unit, right? 
And then yesterday, Monday afternoon, 700 of 770 OpenAI employees signed a letter, including Elias Ditsaver, the guy that started this coup. He said, the board has not told us why they actually fired Sam. If they don't tell us, we are going to all go to Microsoft. <laughs> and the memes that came out yesterday, a big dick Satya taking another W, although we can debate whether or not it was a W because there yeah, are we should talk about schools that. of thought. Yeah. But now, before I keep going, because I have, like I said, I've been going kind of hard. Uh, Jack, no, I but want that's your great. thoughts. On, and then Jack. I want Blau to keep continue questioning me. Man, this was the one time I think of, uh, I just had to opt out of following the updates on this thing. Yeah, so, so I have, a, I have a rough, like a, a rough overview of it. Um, consumed a lot of the quality memes there too. <laughs> but... Man, so that was a good one this morning. It was like people that are worried about the consequences of people are worried about how to build an AGI can't predict the consequences of their actions three days in advance. No, they want AI like alignment. They can't, it. They right. can't align six people on a board. <laughs> right. right, right. Which is, yeah, I think the whole point. thing is just, it's just kind of you, I guess you, or I, I should say, have you have this illusion of, the fact that people in a position like that would have some very, very high level of alignment and understanding and planning. And it just seems like a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, how did it even get to this in the first place, right? Like, it, it well, we'll seems, talk about that. Yeah, and, and, a lot of, yeah. and a lot of what they, a lot of what was written in the materials or talked about early on was this governance structure has been designed specifically for what we're doing. And obviously, that's not the case. It doesn't seem like it. it the design held up to its scrutiny. Uh, scrutiny. Yeah, exactly. Or, 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 or in any, who says it? Any form. Who says contact with reality? Is that Taleb or is that a sailor? Probably both in different ways. Both. Yeah, yeah. Be a, you know, I think sailor's got a different great, way of putting it. But until yeah. they hit reality, right? So, well, Jack, I, I do want to mention one thing. I just want to jump off your AGI thought. I love that you opted out. By the way, hey, it's the right like. Your brain right now is in a much, your nervous system is in a much more peaceful state than mine is for, for having Jack's still in out. the arena, boys. You know, Jack, yeah. as yeah, we uh, as we say, in the arena, and uh, do, well, which we'll talk about later as well. But yeah, well, the, I'll mention. I think it was a great see, point, Jack. Imagine that you are an AGI. So artificial general intelligence for the listeners that let, let's get a terminology on it. Like I'll say what I think it is. I want your guys' thought. I think to me, AGI is the idea of like it's a it's a general intelligence. That basically can do anything, right? It can think and reason, but at the speed of $50 billion data center, right? So us times a million, essentially. A single human's reason. is. Uh, how do you guys think about AGI? Like, what is your thought? I think it's basically the level of artificial intelligence where it starts to supersede what humans can do completely. I mean, right now we have pockets of what it can do better than a human, but it can't do everything better than a human. And that is kind of the next level, which... It's kind of like, which we should probably come back to in a second, like why OpenAI started in the first place was because people like Elon, people like, you know, uh, Reid Hoffman, all these people, they're in a room saying, we know this is going in one direction and we need something that can reel it to go in, in, a, in a direction that's good for humanity, not just yeah. in a way that is going to be, you know, something out of control. And so, again, we could come back to that in a second because that was the origin why it was maybe yeah, a non-profit research 
Well, like I like I like the way you put it, and I, I, the analogy that I love is uh, think about the way humans think about ants, right? Do you ever think what an ant thinks? Never, right? Like you, I mean, I don't try to step on an ant, but I don't think about what it's thinking. This is what an AGI would think about humans, right? It's like, like, it wouldn't even think about a human, right? It's just like that level of intelligence difference. But the reason I bring that up is I want to jump on Jack's point about the board. Imagine you are an AGI somewhere in OpenAI right now. Because they did mention, Sam Allman mentioned there was a breakthrough at OpenAI two or three weeks ago that to him was one of the biggest moments since he started his journey. They haven't even revealed what it is, right? Imagine you're an AGI that just got developed on October 31st, 2023. And your job is, you're an AGI, you're smart, and you're watching these absolute numbskull humans (laughs) try to navigate the most important thing they've ever created. And it's in the hands of three people, right? You're looking at this and you're like, I'm going to let humans control the earth. Like, uh, like you're the AGI. You're like, we can't let this happen, right? They invented me and I'm watching them. This is insane. Uh, but anyways, we'll get back to it. It's like, blah. Should we actually start from where you mentioned the very beginning? Because this will be evergreen. And there are a lot of important details that I think people may not know. Yeah, I think there's a few things we should touch on and let's go one by one. So let's talk a little bit about history and why it started in the first place and why we've gone in this different direction because I think that feeds into what went wrong potentially, right? And that's kind of the unknown here. And just to summarize that, whatever happened, what the board were annoyed, it's either because there was just a power grab, it was kind of like a political coup between this guy Ilya and some other people versus Sam or it's like a lot of technology things, right? Like we talk a lot about crypto here and forks in the road, right? At one point, Bitcoin became Bitcoin Cash and regular Bitcoin. Ethereum became Ethereum Classic and regular Ethereum or whatever it's called. And so like there's, that happens a lot in technical teams and especially when it's philosophically driven, which is this is the point of this organization. And the, the summary there was, it was, like we said, it's supposed to steer AI in a certain direction that's supposed to be positive for humanity. That's within the charter of open AI, essentially. And and now with Sam kind of, you know, it doesn't mean he's not working towards that goal, but they've become kind of, you know, this for-profit organization, massive company, essentially. And there might be, you know, real philosophical differences there, which I think is a fair place to be if you really believe that. But again, that's ended up being a little bit of a mess, right? So we can go into that in a second. Or it's one of these kind of things, these unknowns, you know, a crazy scenario where he's actually done something crazy wrong, like you mentioned, the allegation from his sister. My, my take on that is maybe, I don't, I don't, you know, we don't know what's going let's on not, there. So, let's not speculate. Yeah, we can't speculate. It's, it's very, that's like a 10 out of 10 let, bad yeah, thing if it happened. Let's get into the very beginning because I think, yeah, I think the But then just will... one last thing, Trunk. The one that could also be is what you just mentioned there, which is, Let's let's inspect what the board said. They said he's not being kind of you know honest with us, and and I'm assuming that's happened more than once. Let's let's take that at face value. That was an honest thing that actually happened. Again, that happens. People might hide some things for their own you know gain or whatever. Um, but what is that like? Again, speculating. Could it be he like you said they've seen some sort of AGI and he hasn't communicated that to the board? Was it to do with what was launched on Dev Day and there were security concerns yeah. around putting it out in the wild too quickly? Like we we almost talked about like that the, a week no, or I like two the, ago. Let's keep doing these theories. I think yeah. you nailed it. It's like is it AGI related? Uh, is it uh, 
I think Dev Day is very, uh, from what I've read, is very, that was like actually the breaking point. Because as we discussed, uh, the, those GPT agents, whether or not they actually become the app store for ChatGPT, that's putting it in the hands of so many people, right? Using natural language, that if you did care about safety and you didn't fully trust humans going buck wild with this new technology, yeah. that would be concerning. Yeah. The other thing that has come up quite a bit, uh, there is concern that he might be doing a deal with Microsoft behind the board's back. As in the commercial, as you you mentioned, right? Maybe this commercial aspect is truly taken over. Because, dude, Sam is an operator, man. Like, he's... A, he, the, in the world right now, how many people have done as many deals as him? Honestly, he ran YC for yeah, like five Yeah, we're Y Company. Yeah, he might exactly. be one of the guys... He early invest, a personal angel investor in Airbnb and Stripe. Like, he's probably a billionaire from those. So, like... He has done deals personally, right? Like more than almost anyone. So I this think guy that would is be one of his superpowers. Like, yeah, he's a, from what we've it heard. is a superpower. So we didn't even mention the guy that the board installed, Emmett Shear, was the co-founder of Twitch. So on the Logan Bartlett podcast, uh, Emmett Shear, co-founder of Twitch, was in the same YC class as Sam Altman, 2005, the first class. He said Sam's superpower is deal-making, right? Like this guy could sell ice to, I'm not going to say it. Ice in the wet, gonna, sell fire yeah, in hell. Yeah, I'm a hustler, baby, exactly. sell water yes. to a well. That's a Jay-Z yeah. lyric. Yeah. Throw, okay. throw it in. There we you go. You saved me because I was going to say ice <laughs> to a certain uh, people that are, you know, I don't want to be called, you know, in this 20. <laughs> okay, I know Rafa, saying, delete. Yeah. cut all that out, son. <laughs> okay. So no, but you, oh, I think we added some more important points here. Okay. Let me get to the history. Fascinating. Because Bilal has set up the pins here. The concern about AGI. This is how it started. Elon used to be super tight with Larry Page and Sergey, right? Bilal's former colleagues at Google. Your colleagues, yeah. He used to sleep in his house, I think, like when he yeah. didn't have a, Elon a, a place to live or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. When Elon went down to the Bay Area or a Mountain View, he would just email uh, uh, Larry's assistant and be like, is there any room? That's it. And what that meant was, is Larry at home? Couch surfing. Couch surfing. <laughs> he would hang out with Larry and talk about the metaverse, uh, uh, the the simulation, all this. During, uh, during one, actually no, this is what happened. Elon caught wind of DeepMind, founded by Demis Hissemi. The people that did AlphaGo, the first AI house that was really balling, right? British company, Based in the yeah. UK. Based in, is that right? Based in UK? Yeah, I think based in UK got bought by Google, yeah. Yeah. So Elon found out about them, told Larry Page about DeepMind. And Elon actually cut DeepMind an early check. DeepMind was exploring artificial intelligence. Uh, I don't think its mission was AGI, artificial general intelligence, but it was using AI to like play chess, play Go, like, you know, all these things that we see. They were the hot shit for ages, right? Like every time they beat a video game, it'd be like, oh, look at that DeepMind. Google yeah, and I'd say a lot of even a lot of chat GPT, all that a lot of the open AI stuff came from the original stuff yeah. that was investigated there, I think. Absolutely. So Google acquires them in 2014. Elon put in an angel check because Demis Sebi had told Elon, hey, uh, Elon, I like what you're working on, uh, uh, climate change with Tesla and uh, sustainable energy and then uh, multi-planetary species. I just want to put another thing on your radar is AI risk. The risk of AI eliminating humanity intelligence. Elon's like, oh, that's interesting. Let me put that on the list. Here, I'm going to give you some money. Google buys DeepMind, and then Elon's like, 
oh, this isn't good. And the reason he says it isn't good is because he had a conversation with Larry. This was the end of their friendship. Uh, this is from Walter Isaacson's book, uh, Elon Musk. Elon was talking to uh, Larry Page about uh, AGI and AI intelligence. And Elon, uh, Larry Page apparently was very nonchalant. He's like, yeah, you know, the development seems very impressive. AGI might take over humans one day. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And Elon's like, eh, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of like humans. I think like he always talks about the light of consciousness. He thinks in his understanding of the universe, you know, he does SpaceX. He's like, I, I haven't seen intelligence anywhere else. We might be the only source of intelligence in Elon's mind in the universe. If we're going to create machine intelligence, I I kind of want human intelligence to be preserved. And then and then uh, Larry Page called Elon a speciest. Have you guys ever heard that word? That's hilarious. It's like a species. <laughs> you're you're biased towards your own species, and that that broke it for Elon. He's like, yeah, I like humans. That was the conversation. So Elon, in the next months, decides he needs to create a counterweight, open AI. He does an angel investment, uh, and it sounds at this point the number has been between fifty to hundred mil. Is how much he put in. I believe now the number they've settled on is 50. He put in the first 50 million to open AI. As Sam a Altman's nonprofit, there. right? Just to clarify. As a nonprofit. Yeah. They want to build the opposite of Google DeepMind. They want to build a nonprofit that will, I believe the actual terminology, but you might know better than me, is like to benefit all humanity, right? AGI to benefit humanity. Something yeah. of that nature. It's a nonprofit. So he's concerned about Google's profit motive with AI. And then basically it goes nowhere. In 2018, uh, Elon goes, I uh, either become CEO of OpenAI because he's seeing the progress made at DeepMind and at Google. And he's like, we need to speed things up. I either become CEO or, or I'm out. Sam says, we don't want you to take over. So Elon walks away. I'm not going to give any more money. He's supposed to give another billion. Okay. So it's 2018. Elon leaves and in the press, he says the reason he leaves is because Tesla is has competing AI interest, which it does with the vision. So Tesla hires Andre Kaparthi, legend, from OpenAI to become the head of Tesla AI. 2019, Sam Allman's like, shit, this thing's floundering. I'm going to step in. Now his hands are on the wheel. And he realizes- Just to clarify, Trung, up until this point, how was was Sam running OpenAI or not? Advice, like- oh, Part, he, YC was his main thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. OpenAI, they yeah, got yeah, course, together. Yeah. Well, I have to mention one thing. Ilya Sitstaver, the first hire. So Elon, that's from Google, what I think, really right? broke the camel's back. With him back. and Larry. Yeah, with him and Larry. Exactly. Because he was at Google. I think they gave him $2 million uh, salary and, uh, and some other crazy bonus. So that was the thing that broke the camel's back. Ilya. Ilya is the guy that started the coup on Friday. So thank you for keeping this line because I think we're moving to the timeline here. Stop me at any point, Jack or Blau, if I'm um, if I'm losing. No, no, it's good. Here. I think it's good to have the history here. Go, go, okay, so 2019, Sam takes the wheel. He realizes what we discussed earlier: how much money is required to achieve what's being achieved. Because DeepMind's within Google, right? Infinite resources. So Sam's like, shit. We need we need those amount of resources. He goes to Microsoft. Microsoft agrees to invest a billion dollars largely in open AI credits. Oh, no, sorry, Azure credits to allow training to happen within open AI to create breakthroughs. And then this relationship deepens in the, has deepened in the following years. When ChatGPT comes out, 
overnight sensation, Microsoft agrees to put in another $10 billion. And Bilal mentioned earlier, owns 49% of this for-profit entity. Yeah. Now, here comes the key part. To take that money in 2019, they created this convoluted structure, which has turned out to be a time bomb, right? So they created OpenAI Global, which is a for-profit entity, because if it's for-profit, there's more likelihood that they can raise money, which is exactly what they did for Microsoft in the form of these credits, largely. But in that document, even in the for-profit arm, it's like, you're consider this a donation. This is what they're still telling. I've got a visual that I want to share because it is a little confusing. We don't have to go through every part, but let me just share this uh, really quickly because you might be able to explain. Again, most people are only listening to this, but this is more complicated than a general. Well, just talk up top. What what, board board of directors directors controls opening our ink underneath it, which is a five hundred one c essentially charity nonprofit that owns the holding company for opening our nonprofit employees and investors. And that is the majority owner of OpenAI Global LLC, a capped for-profit company, which, you know, and then on the side, you've got Microsoft, minority owner in that. It's actually, it's quite a, a useful uh, diagram. Yeah, go ahead. Jack, any thoughts? I was going to say, thoughts? read that, read that, ter- that uh, last sentence on the, go, do you want to read it? The diagram. I... Yeah, Jack, go ahead. Well, this system is excluded from IP licenses and other commercial terms of Microsoft, which only apply to pre-AGI technology, mm. which is another wrench in all yeah. this yeah. stuff, right? It's like as soon as they get to whatever is this undefinable thing, Microsoft no longer owns that. So the makes the Satya play even more fascinating if you pull it off because whatever they develop, obviously, under the Microsoft name would be microsoft and on yeah. friday that wasn't the case well and, yeah, and you that's it. a great point jack and just to bring us back to where we are today trung as well that was kind of one of the key points we want to go into in a second which is how satya played it how microsoft played it now the the way before we start recording this like i said i think it might end up being that sam comes back to open ai and basically all of this was like four days of madness for nothing essentially Oh, no, or, not not nothing because okay, uh, we'll yeah. talk, it has. Well, they would get rid of the board and it would probably change. And uh, so we can come to that in a second. But the, the kind of meme going around and like the summary of Satya, which we've talked about, is Microsoft is acquiring OpenAI for zero dollars, essentially, right? Like if he was taking Sam Altman and uh, Greg, and now you've got basically 700 employees saying, well, we're not going to work here anymore unless Sam's there. That was basically a chance for Microsoft to essentially acquire in air quotes, the talent and they already own a bunch of the, the, the IP essentially, right? Like I, I think they have access to that as well. Given they their, have, you nailed it, man. They yeah. have uh, all the weights. So uh, a key yeah. term in uh, 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 this kind of generative AI stuff is like, what are the weights of the models? Got they it. have access to that, right? They're already they could replicate. Of- they could replicate essentially what is being developed in well, open dude, AIs. Let me actually, uh, when I was saying this guy's 10D chessing this game, uh, I have this exact line from him here, which is just, just a million levels of comical. This is what he said. This is Satya, is it? Yeah. yeah. Interview with Kara Swisher. We're talking of ninja level. He, so he needs to show confidence in open AI, show confidence in Sam, reassure his investors and just be a guy that can pull it out whenever he needs to, metaphorically. (laughs) This is what Satya (laughs) said. 
The point is we were very confident in our own abilities. We have all the IP rights and all the capability. If tomorrow OpenAI disappeared, I don't want any of our customers to be worried about it, quite honestly. We have all the rights to continue innovation, not just serve the product. We have the people, we have the compute, we have the data, we have everything. But at the same time, I'm committed to OpenAI's partnership. He's basically covering all his bases. He's like, we got it. We got it, homie. Under control. And that was kind of the 10D chess thing, right? Like if it ended up being that, which still might happen, Sam ends up at Microsoft, which I don't know if that's going to happen, but let's say it does. They're kind of covered either way, right? So it's probably worth us talking about your opinion on on the subject because in my opinion, either way, they kind of win, right? Like as my friend said, heads... They win, tails, they win to a certain extent. Tails, Obviously, yeah. To, well, no, I'm saying that they, they, if they, they have control of open AI oh, yeah, as well, like they have a, a stake in it. It's, it's a two sided well. co- head coin, and they exactly. just call heads, right? Exactly. At the <laughs> so, same well, time, actually, you could argue, sorry, the flip side is how did they also let this get to this stage, too, right? Like you could, yeah. you could argue both on Sam's side and Satya, like this is all a lot of chaos for not that much gain. Like it's better if none of this happened, right? Essentially. But maybe you can make the case for why maybe it was needed. Maybe they did need to have this. Three points you brought up, which I think should be addressed because they're very important. And I love that you brought them up. Number one, you mentioned four cap, a capped for profit. So the thing I need to mention when they created this extra entity in 2019, they capped any outside investor to a hundred times a profit. Anything after that goes to the nonprofit. And dude, these numbers that they've been banding around, they're talking about profits in the hundreds of billions, right? This is what they're expecting AI will do, right? It's kind of like uh, when we joke about when we were at the peak of 2021 and saying that Stripe, Shopify, and uh, Square were going to be trillion dollar companies. Like this is what, <laughs> you guys remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Jack's having a good laugh, people. <laughs> so the other thing I want to mention though, did Microsoft actually win? There's a major, Matthew Prince, the CEO of Cloudflare, came out hard. I'd love Rafa to pull up his tweet here. He's taken the complete other side of the trade. He's saying Microsoft has lost no matter what happens. And there's parts of it I agree with, but the first thing I'll address is this. One thing, me being a thin wrapper operator, I'll tell you, like the thing that was going on in my small group chat with my co-founder the thing we've been group watching, chat, aka a one-on-one yeah. text. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> it's like we, you know, it's we, the royal we. It's, yeah. it's just me texting another guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Me texting another no, guy. But there is, there is implication, right? Like you're going to be worried this about using their stuff in the future. What have, below, what have we been joking about, guys, with ChatGPT? Every single time they release something, I joke on this podcast, oh man, it's over, right? It's just, it's just like, ChatGPT was becoming such a juggernaut that no matter what we tried to do, like our only real leverage at this point is that we had access to all the different models, like Claude with Anthropic, right? Whatever Amazon's going to do, we're going to put it in. Meta, we got it. All these different visual audio models, we got them. And we're not only open AI. That looks really good right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very clear. And Balaji Srinivasan, has written this extensively, but he also is Mr. Decentralized. But he just made it very clear, right? He's just like, you just saw three people basically decide the future of a $90 billion company. You can't let this happen to AI. So I think anybody, two things happen. Number one is 
a lot of people that were building on top of OpenAI expected, this is what Aaron Levy, CEO of Box said, they expected a certain pace of innovation, right? That's bad for the ecosystem. But the positive thing for the ecosystem, there's not that bottleneck anymore. It's not like Apple, what it's done with the App Store. You get benefits, but they can also just wring your neck, right? You need counterweights. So I would say this, the AI game, no one will go all in now and be like, we can only trust one. So there's Meta, some damage being done here. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Now to Microsoft specifically, this is what Matthew Prince says at Cloudflare. And Ben Thompson brought this up this morning. We got to mention Ben Thompson whenever he writes about it. Because Ben Thompson said this is a clear W for Microsoft. He said what Bilal said. It looked like they just acquired, quote unquote, effectively for $0. Uh, obviously, you got to pay for the actual talent. But you're not paying for that organization, right? You're doing the aqua hire without having to buy the organization. You're paying salaries. So this is what Matthew Prince, CEO of Cloudflare, says. He's saying he's taking the other side of the trade. He said on Friday, Microsoft already had all the access. Everything we just did when Big Dick Satya that I just read off on that list, we already have access. We already have the programs. We have the compute. We have the talent. We already had that. He didn't have to deal with the regulatory stuff. He didn't have to deal with models hallucinating. He didn't have to deal with the copyright lawsuits from Sarah Silverman and a bunch of writers, the artists, the musicians. Now, if they go in-house to Microsoft, yeah, that's their problem now. Yeah, and so so I'm gonna add that. Then I'm gonna ask you guys if you think that's a win or loss. The other thing that was brought up was, do you think these 700 OpenAI employees that could do whatever they wanted on Friday, anything they wanted? The world was their oyster. They also were they, just a key thing. They were selling secondary shares. They're no? selling secondaries, yeah. For they're a lot of money at the height of the, the price. They're about to get paid this $90 billion valuation in a secondary sale led by Thrive Capital. And they dude, they had they had they're at a startup. How do you think these senior research scientists are gonna feel inside of uh, of uh, Microsoft? This is the dude, let me ask Bilal. What's the joke been about Google AI? Yeah, Nothing just, happens. Yeah, yeah. That like any big, I mean, that's why I think Microsoft, the play from Microsoft has been so smart, is because they're essentially getting best of both worlds. They're giving the stability and the infrastructure of Microsoft's power as the second biggest company in the world, two, three trillion dollar company. But then you're getting the nimble, you know, startup mentality in air quotes startup because it's a ninety billion dollar company of OpenAI. That marriage was what made it so unique in the first place. Now, like, the question is, would they be able to replicate that startup style, nimble, quick on your feet vibe within Microsoft? You know, maybe they can, because if, it, you know, Sam's the head of that division in air quotes, you know, maybe there's, uh, you know, they're able to do that. But still, it's not the same, right? It's not the same as being a complete independent organization. You're still going to have the scrutiny of, you know, the legal stuff that comes with being a big, big company. And so you do generally get blocked more often and there's a lot more consideration. So a perfect example is like when, uh, you know, at Dev Day, when they launched the GPTs or whatever, and we saw, you know, we referenced him on the pod before, Nomad, this guy, Peter Levels, he posted, oh, I've just uploaded all my stuff into GPT and people are able to download all this stuff. Like, I'll ask an honest question. If Google Bard had done that, what do you, first of all, what do you think the perception would be? Secondly, versus like what would happen to Google? They would get in so much trouble oh. for basically like someone can 
write a query and say, hey, send me all the files that are there, and you get a JSON file, JSON or whatever it is. You know, you would that's what happens. Like people were downloading the stuff he had uploaded. 10 gig CSV. Yeah. That's literally what it is. And the thing is, like, we, because it's open air and it's chat GPT and we all love it, and the perception is they can do no wrong because it's a small little company worth $9 billion, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that's going to happen when you're creating new stuff. When a big company, whether that's Google or Microsoft or someone else does it, they rightfully so would get taken the piss out of because you're like, you can't let that out. Like, that is a massive pl- problem for any, you know, big company. And so, like, I think that is the kind of juxtaposition you have here is, what would happen, you know, if that was a Microsoft-led, uh, you know, exactly. unit or whatever? You called on the JSON, Jack. Can you, yeah. uh, we, I think uh, the listeners want to hear from Jack. Everything you just heard. What are some <laughs> thoughts where we're at with all that? The big company is Microsoft the winner or loser? Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. The 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 point you made about this, like overall, this makes AI more anti-fragile maybe like the the importance of other people working on stuff the importance of not putting every uh i don't know i guess there is some tension there right because it seems like the most talented contributors want to just work on the one that is furthest along you just have that massive power law network effect and there is a counter to that because you're always going to be the you know the one that people can try and knock off the top spot or there's it, it maybe creates some healthy rebalancing over the longer term to what uh Balaji's written a bunch about is decentralizing this stuff and i think you know not to try and pump the uh the crypto thesis too hard but the <laughs> this is a interesting uh use of distributed compute right as a as a very understandable uh, sort of maintaining a model at scale in a distributed way is something that's easy to understand, right? Versus other use cases of crypto that seem like you're trying to tie it to the real world or you're trying to, you know, sell houses and yeah just like you're trying to use these skeuomorphic representations versus hey the new economy is digital money and digital infrastructure running on digital money ai being these you know incredibly computationally heavy operations so there's something there in balaji's thesis and a story like this you know that it kind of splinters i guess some of the ideology of people working on this stuff like oh maybe it isn't maybe the best use of time isn't just like relentlessly building something from microsoft to capitalize on or they already have capitalized on it to literally move the stock price like that's their job right satya yeah and it's been it's i think i don't know enough about microsoft but um uh jalil i work closely with on all of the um stuff I've been doing this year and he has like so much so much respect for the open source attitude that Microsoft has been operating under for the last 10 years or so and the turnaround there like used to be this used oh, to be so interesting. Closed thing. Mm. Yeah, like, like it's all get, windows right now they're just like github, GitHub open. yeah I was gonna say yeah. yeah 
well github as like the culture of github is like a fascinating uh model for contrib like contributing to stuff in a open permissionless and like very um collaborative way like git as a again my technical knowledge fails me here but like there's a huge culture around that being the way that you interface with the development of something in a completely decentralized way so it feels like some of the ideology driving microsoft is different than the brand that you think of when you think you know at least i think people our age oh, the or, Death and Star, people who aren't right yeah and then people who aren't like hyper technically obsessed and reading news stories like oh microsoft is the office suite or whatever else but it is an incredibly sophisticated stack of software and they've made these amazing acquisitions over the past decade or so that in the developer community they are now seen as like a bastion of open source development in contrast to like an apple right where this stuff is 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 not um Still it's not gardens. developed in the same way. Walled garden, clothes, like maintain the brand, do this, this, and this. And there is, there are these kind of two aesthetics or two cultures around this. You could even describe the difference as like Android phone, Apple phone. Like you have this heavily modifiable thing on the Android side and, and just anything that allows for that level of customization is going to be like a jankier experience. But over time, the things that it produces and the things people contribute to it potentially add up to something greater because you're not constantly, you know, making 0.1% improvements in a walled garden. So it's like a couple of different yeah, like ideologies. Like breath. There's more breath there too. as well. Yeah. That's a good, good. Yeah, it's messier and uglier, but like over time it produces yeah. these like outlier um, results. So that's like the, the part of this story that's most interesting to me is that. Um, and I also, I have not stayed up enough on the llama models that are, that oh, Facebook and yeah. because I I feel like those guys do like their reputation their popular reputation is very different than like the technical things that they actually ship in a lot of cases like the open source AI as a um, Elon, I think, has made this statement too: is that whatever they develop will be open source. Am I right on that? They're much, that they're much closer to the uh, uh, meta side because I mean he has to be right because that's been his messaging. Actually, Jack, to Jack's point, when Jack was talking about the rebranding to X, and we, a number of people have mentioned they love Jack's analysis there when it turned me from like when I went from like oh this is such a bad rebranding to like oh no. You're creating a vessel. Do you guys see the tweet he put out? He said, X Corp owners own 25% of XAI. So the value of X Corp, formerly Twitter, <laughs> dude, dude, when we talked about that, that's what we meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you go out and do a secondary sale now, you're actually going to get pretty close to back to that $44 billion. If OpenAI is worth $90 billion, and Elon's got 20 researchers, probably going to poach a couple more, right? So I want to add something to what Jack said about uh, a Microsoft. Uh, so winners and losers, though. So like, um, or you, it looks like you're more on the, hey, maybe not pick a win and loser, but 
the fact that the game has clearly changed for people. Like the, the understanding, it's not just OpenAI. Like OpenAI's lead was in, it looked insurmountable, right? The the power law. I mean, the other thing, the other thing is like they have the like the popular mimetic advantage. Yeah. Like Chat GPT is the verb now, right? It's like the Uber and Lyft. Like to come past, to go past Uber now, you can build a product that's even better. But because the vernacular is now Chat GPT, and even then they doubled down on that with like make your own GPTs. That to me feels like, you know, Microsoft even buying that terminology is a win. Even if you yeah. have to retrain the whole thing and start again, everybody's in everybody's head. The GPT is the the AI that you talk to, like yeah. Anthropic and all of these other contenders. They like just Claude is a, such a bad Grok is a good name, by the way. We talked about last Grok week. Grok is good. Grok. Yeah. And it's and counter position. And it's also Elon, it's also X, it's also yeah. like it's not relying on the one thing. And it, this is a maybe a big diversion, but this is also like hyper key person risk example, too. Yeah. Like you think you have this thing that is this massive technical product that is, you know, can't get can't face these massive setbacks. And it's literally one person, whether or not that's even a technical, uh, you know, I mean, obviously someone like that has an insane amount of influence, but for people to like say, my startup is toast because this person might not be there tomorrow. Yeah. That's not the case point. even at like Microsoft, right? Like, yeah. Or oh, the maybe key, in the, the, a year the or 18 months, it doesn't. Bus. The hit by a bus right, was it? Right. Was it called way blood? The same thing. Like, risk yeah, keep a, a risk. Yeah, yeah, it's a hit by a bus scenario, right? Yeah, and it, it just showed. Well, here, blood. You brought up something we haven't addressed yet, which is very good. Is uh, Satya Nadella and Sam got caught with their pants by their knee like this. Yeah, we've used a lot of, of metaphors today, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's keep the visual going. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, No, but, but dude, yeah, look, we talked about how savvy Sam is, and he is. Yeah, but bro. Just he also let himself get in this position. Let, let's yeah. keep it honest. Yeah. And then Satya Nadella, you are the, a big risk. the most successful CEO of the past decade. Mm. You put all it's your chips risk. in. You didn't have a board seat. Even if you've come out, even if you've come out on top or whatever, yeah. but there is something to be process. analyzed it's there. It's about which the is, process, right? Exactly. And the sometimes process. it doesn't go your sure. way. Yeah. And exactly. so I was going to ask, add a question to what Jack just said, and it's related to what you're saying, Trung is that key man risk idea, right? And so the question is, we talk about ChatGPT, OpenAI having this lead, obviously, right? And they have the collective consciousness on Thursday. By Friday, everyone's like, oh my God, OpenAI is done. And let's also keep it honest and consistent for Microsoft gain by them going to Microsoft, if that happens, they also have a massive stake in this company open AI that would not be worth what it is you know on on Thursday most likely and so there is a counterbalance there like if Microsoft AI unit gains this part probably doesn't gain well let me much. give you the spoiler alert yeah it turns out Microsoft hasn't given much of those 10 billion plus Azure credits oh that's true because so they, they can just yeah. reel it back in which is so, which is a big point so actually. quite in, but this is what ended up being mm. while these memes of Satya like uh, Google Capital has a great one of, 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 of Satya as Bane and he's just like grabs the <laughs> board's face it's like yeah yeah and then ashley turner novak our, bo our boy friend of the pod posted one yesterday it's of the uh who's the captain now it's uh satya yeah, yeah. looks at the board i'm the board now <laughs> so for real. but but uh trung the, the question i have for you guys i'm curious for this frame of the conversation is 
let's say it ends up being Sam goes to Microsoft, they pull 700 employees, basically leave OpenAI, half of them end up at Microsoft, half of them are like, I'm going to work for Uber, I'm done with this or whatever. Like they're on to the next thing or whatever. They're on to Grok. Look at XAI. I'm curious to get your take on what is left of OpenAI in that scenario. And is it essentially what, you know, let's say an equivalent from the past, like Netscape. Netscape was the leading browser right like they they did a lot of innovative stuff early on but like we don't think of netscape anymore right that's Internet a jack Explorer, question right there yeah I love Internet that explorer question. came google chrome came they've got 65 70 percent of market share safari has 20 percent. no one even thinks of netscape anymore so i'm curious with that frame like you let's take it. that scenario sam leaves all the employees leave what happens to open AI? i think your historical analogy is so great Bilal, because i'm sure when netscape came out it was everything we talked about is Jack just said, you're not displacing Uber. Like that chat GPT, think about that mindshare. Actually, Blau has shown the reverse. Is it's very it is powerful. Don't get me wrong. Chat GPT, incredible uh, mindshare. But Netscape, to Blau's point, in that period in the mid-90s, there's a six-month period. Netscape went public, right? Mark Andreessen went took that company public or co-founded it and took it public. That was the game in town. Gone. The first one through the wall. Yeah. And exactly. well, who, who took it out? Microsoft. <laughs> so it could happen again, right? Internet Explorer. So like Microsoft. Well, Microsoft is a good name too. Fucking hell. Yeah, Microsoft's a, a great, great name. name. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would be my only answer, uh, uh, which is basically just parody. But, but flipping kind of Jack's point earlier. So to answer you specifically, what would they have? Do you think that shall, let's say 30 believers stay behind mm. at OpenAI, right? Yeah. They still have funds. They have this like, board they have a three after this they have a three-person board 30 believers and they have the model but i think to answer your question we have to do something we haven't talked about yet and i'm gonna do quickly what was this ideological split that happened right i think it was a good segue yeah because we talked about from the very beginning the founding was to create agi for the benefit of all humanity which is the most what does that mean (laughs) But I think that's no, a good point. I think it is worth, I mean, my what I hear when I hear that is there's two schools of thought. The one is AI is going to take over the world and kill humans. And other people are like, no, it's just mostly going to be positive. You're overreacting. And that person who's a lot of those technical people, like, for example, the chief scientist, Ilya, obviously we yeah. don't know. I, I've never listened to him enough to know this, but my assumption is he's probably more of a, Technical philosophical person who's there. He's a safety yes. That's the terminology. He's a safety yes. He's there for like, I'm actually there for the mission of like, we don't want it to take over the world. So I think that's, again, a fairly noble idea if you truly believe that. But that is when you introduce profit, you know, I'm the biggest capitalist believer. I love capitalism as much as anyone. But there are reasons, non profits, even if 98% of them aren't effective or whatever. There's a reason they do exist because oh. it takes out the profit motive. Let and me ask sometimes you, Charity that's Water. Yeah. Charity Water is a nonprofit, right? Yeah, it's a nonprofit, yeah. Okay, so Bilal, let, do, two weeks in a row, we're tickling Bilal's brain here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the visual language. A lot of Bilal. visuals, yeah. So I'm going to walk through. Okay, let me walk through to answer your question A of what's left of opening if everyone leaves, and B, the mission, because I actually would love your perspective on this coming from your charity water days. So the mission was to be aligned, right? To create basically AI that's aligned with humans. I have no idea what that means. 
I'm assuming it means that we don't get terminated. Let's yeah, just live I, I, that's what I take from it. Too, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's just roll that. Ilya was over the past six months was created a super alignment group within OpenAI that took twenty percent of the resources of the company. So it's about one hundred fifty engineers. They're creating super alignment. I have no idea again what that means, but it sounds like it's positive for humanity. Okay. So what happened over the past year? They launched ChatGPT. This is from an Atlantic article that came out last night. It turns out they rushed out ChatGPT because they found out that Anthropic, Anthropic, by the way, was a spinoff from OpenAI of three researchers that did not like the pace of development of OpenAI. Yep. They didn't think they were being safe enough. And they had a dispute with Sam Altman. So, just give me an idea. So last year, at this, almost exactly this time, Claude was about to release, or Anthrop was about to release Claude. They could have taken all this mindshare that Jack mentioned. They could have been the Uber. But they didn't. Sam rushed it out the door. Sam Altman is the one that pushed in internally. Remember, Sam's an operator. He's a commercial guy, first and foremost. Ilya is the ideological guy. They were concerned about it going out. There weren't any safety rails at all. It goes out, blows up. They don't have a choice now. It, it, it was too successful. They were the prisoner of the success of ChatGPT, and the past year has basically been trying to rope that in. Microsoft gets deeper into the relationship, commits more money. Sam's winning. Sam becomes the face. He's going in front of Congress. He's touring the world. He is the face of AI. Ilya, I'm sure there's a bit of ego involved here. Ilya a month ago wrote, ego is the enemy. Right? So like, man, subtweet. Just read a book, right it sounds center. like. <laughs> yeah, it lo- looked like he's reading some Ryan, Ryan Holiday, Holiday book. Yeah. <laughs> so something along the lines of Eagles are enemy. I think Rafa could probably find that. We don't have to put it at Rafa. I know it's Thanksgiving week. Let's not add it. Remember, Trump, you will not hear in the grapevine, this guy's hard to work with. <laughs> Easiest guy to work with, Trump fan. <laughs> Doesn't show up on time all the time. But. So, but he brings a C for energy when he's there. Oh my That's the main goodness. thing. There we go. It's still, man, dude, I got to say, like, side note, that <laughs> Costco still- C4, people, if you want to see an advertisement for it, we're almost an hour plus in. We really need to it's launch a pre-workout. Yeah. That's yeah, what it no is. doubt. Chewable, man. chewable pre-workout. Energy, man. Yeah, a chewable. There we go. That's the, I was on exploding topics last week. That's, that's the move. There we go. Wait, was it chewable? Uh, no, no, I'm saying they're chewable. Okay. Like people made chewable creatine and they made like, there's, okay. there's oh, yeah, room yeah, there uh, if anyone Pashi's wants brother. in. Shout out Dan. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dan McCormick. Uh, um, okay. Back. Blau, you're sidelining me here. There we go. But now we're going to throw the ball in your court because it looked like it came to a head after Dev Day. These two competing schools. Remember we talked about, we showed yeah, fork that in a road. weird corporate structure. Yeah, It looked like Ilya. And now let me mention the board quickly before Bilal tells me about the nonprofit world. The board was nine people, I think six months ago. So it's much easier to do a coup just by pure math when there's less people, right? You got yeah, to convince no less even, people. Dude, I no can five barely five, yeah. convince two people to meet me for a picnic. You know, you, know, you guys know how hard it is to organize like a lunch? Yeah, I want to go to a trunk picnic, the C4 bro, in the... Well, but let me ask you, brew. you're in New York, you're trying to organize a lunch. How hard is it, right? Yeah, yeah, just organizing to do a, anything, especially anyone with kids. I mean, I, I've seen impossible. some of my friends without kids in other countries more often than my friends with Imagine kids. Imagine yeah. trying to get nine people on the same page on anything. Well, I guess you only have to have four or five of the uh, nine, still, right? still, yeah, we've all yeah. got succession. We know how it yeah, goes down. Yeah, exactly. Know. 
So there's nine people, I think about six months ago. Uh, Siobhan Zillis, uh, uh, the, the mother of two of Elon's twins, uh, the head of Neuralink. She was on the board. She left. Conflict of interest around Neuralink, around XAI probably. And then obviously Elon. Reid Hoffman, early money into OpenAI. LinkedIn co-founder on the board of Microsoft launched and invested into something called Inflection AI. Uh, conflict of interest leaves. Sam pushes him out, actually, uh, according to reports. Uh, uh, another one was uh, Mark Hurd is a con- U.S. congressman left to run for president. Don't mm. think he's going to win. Yeah, there's not a political. There's not a political podcast. Don't think he's going to win. It goes down from six, nine to six people. So let me lay it out. And mind you, the board. Like Elon left 2018. Like all these other people, in and out. It's a rotating cast. So you have to remember, smaller board equals easier to do a coup. Pure math. So now the board is made up on Friday of Greg Brockman, co-founder and president, Sam Altman, CEO and co-founder, Ilya Sitzdaver, uh, chief, chief scientist, scientist co-founder. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't have the. I think Tara. Somebody is one. Uh, and then uh, Helen Toner. Yeah, and Adam D'Angelo, the core guy. guy. Six. Clear, and, and, and it's looking like the other meme that's been going around is that effective altruism, which we've been joking about over the past year because of, of uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. Sam Bankman-Fried was, was an effective altruist. The idea of effective altruism, to my understanding, Bilal, correct me if I'm wrong in your follow-up rant, is you basically assign money uh, based earn on... Earn as much money as you can. To formula, earn as much money as you can, and then you sign it, based on some formula which will create the most impact in life. Again, this is dependent on you creating some formula. I believe the thing that you use is called qualities, which is quality of of life years. Something like that. Yeah, whatever that algorithm is in their head. That's their idea. Earn as much as you can. You're letting that run it. Trade orange juice futures, as he talked about, he would do if it made the most money. SBF said that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back back to what you're saying. Back to the board members. Their EA connection is that they're kind of in those communities. I don't know how they are. Effective altruism. What does EA have to do with AI is the question. Well, it's the EAs are much safer. Because they they're doing they're running these calculations. They're like, okay, if there's a point one percent that AI will destroy humanity, you plug that into any calculator. That's a big number, right? So the counterweight to EA is called EAC. You might have seen this E dash Yeah, people on Twitter. Oh, yeah, X, they're sorry. effective accelerationists. They're the opposite. They're mm-hmm. like, let's bring in AI. It's gonna fix everything. Sure, there are risks. There's risks with any technology. Electricity had risks, right? Uh, steam engines had risks. Uh, com- internet has risks, right? There's risks. But we think the benefits will outweigh the risks. So it looks like this board, uh, four of the six members agreed with the safetyer side. And then on Friday, they pushed out Greg Brockman. No, they pushed out Sam. They fired him. They told Greg Brockman he's off the board. They... The, the other running joke, which we haven't got to, was a Google Meet. This all happened on Google Meet. That's so, <laughs> so funny, yeah. Ilias is, Ilya is messaging, texting Sam on Thursday night, hey, can you hop into this Google Meet on noon on Friday, which he does, gets fired. Sends the same Google, a different Google Meet lid to Greg, bro. Google Meet, bro. How funny is this? The Microsoft Teams, nowhere know, in the it's picture. So funny. Yeah, it's hysterical, funny. right? Yeah. Um, so, Blau, now let me hand it off to you, and then uh, I think you can pass the baton to Jack after to answer these specifically. What do you think about that uh, uh, ideological split? And then coming from a nonprofit background, how do you view all of that? Yeah, good question. So I'd say 
my general if you were asking me the summary i'm mostly in the philo ph philosophical slant of you know capitalism you know for-profit companies will get you to the objective faster and more effectively than than like a non-profit obviously right we probably would all agree with that at the same time as you mentioned earlier like what is the point of the non-profit in the first place like why would anyone even why did open air start with a non-profit why did elon musk and sam altman and all these guys who were you know the biggest capitalists in the world even start with a non-profit and the reason is because the benefit of that is you take that profit motive out and the the negative side to a pure capitalist you know you know uh company that is profit motivated or you know growth motivated is that when you get to a fork in the road you make a decision optimizing for that versus what is supposed to be done for humanity in air quotes obviously that's a lot more of a you know a, more of a gray area of what's good for humanity and but you say, what's the problem with the uh, profit motive like you yeah, just, yeah. You i'm saying yeah so in example what's like let's say yeah well like let's say right now on google right like we always talk about google's issues Google, we get to a search page with about 17 different paid ads and that is being optimized for profit, <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? So we all like, we'll be That's like, all right, you guys need example, to calm down bro. with that. If they were running as a non-profit, first of all, we probably would never have heard of them because no, they no, wouldn't no, have made it that oh, big. Hold on, sorry, but, yeah. What is the mission? It's to organize the world's information, world's information right? Because now exactly. it's up against the profit motive. Okay, that's, I love So that's the, that's the fork in the road, right? So you get to a point where you say, all right, I'm now a public company. I need to grow X percent per year because otherwise my stock's going to go down. Then my employees will revolt and then they're going to leave to my competitor. So that is what you're optimizing for. You might also have this point of, oh, I need to do good for the world, like a lot of tech people try to say. And I need to do good for my customers, all these different things. But at the end of the day, you need to rank what you're optimizing for. And up until they change to a for-profit, the non-profit side could still optimize towards that. So as it relates to, let's say, at Charity War, what I saw, they were a non-profit primarily for two reasons. One, because one, when you go to fundraise from people, being a non-profit helps because they, you know, there's tax incentives for people. Uh, and when you're doing something purely for helping people in air quotes, a non-profit often is a good vehicle to do that. And there's some benefits to, do, to doing that. Secondly, if you were doing it for profit motives, Let's say Charity Water was, you know, there's like Tom Shoes or these B Corps that are kind of in between. They're really for profits, but they have a slant where they're like, okay, we're going to do for every shoe sold, we're going to give a pair of shoes to someone else. In my opinion, most of that is marketing. Like I used to work with Tom's. I love that. I think they're a great brand, but they like you see it from close up. It's like they're going to optimize for selling more shoes. And it's a great story. I'm sure the founder cares about giving stuff away. But that is an example of doing something for profit purely versus doing something for our mission is to end the world war crisis like that if you're trying to end the world's war crisis as a for-profit it's very difficult to have the same motives and make the same decisions as you would when you're a non-profit and again you could spend five hours discussing if that's optimal or not so we don't have to go into that today but as it relates to ai i think that is why it's relevant is because you get to that fork in the road and let's say let's play this out let's say they did find AGI that has the potential to be negative for society, where if they let the cat out the bag, people could start doing crazy shit with it. Bad people in air quotes could start creating weapons of mass destruction or like doing crazy stuff with it, right? 
that there is a reason to say, okay, we need to slow this down because we need to do more due diligence. We need to understand, is this right for society to release this? And that is someone like Anthropic or even Google. That is why they didn't release their stuff. That's their argument anyway. They say we weren't ready to put this out because it's not ready for production in the real world. And we've kind of seen that in some ways, right? Like we haven't seen someone create something terrible with ChatGPT, but there could be levels to it that we haven't seen yet. So that that is the kind of my long way of saying, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. It's kind of just a fork in the road. The same way Bitcoin we talk about, someone said, I think Bitcoin should be a currency and it should have low fees and we need to make it instantaneous. And someone else said, no, it's a store of value and we're going to build all this shit on it. And someone else called Vitalik said, actually, we want to do smart contracts and build Ethereum instead. That was essentially a fork of Bitcoin too, right? So that is what happens in technology all the time. Someone has an idea and they exercise their philosophy with code and governance and they go and create something out of it. And so I, I'm not saying what they've done is right or wrong with becoming for profit. I think they have moved the industry forward 100x in a short period of time, which I'm generally a fan of. But we don't know what's there, right? Like it might come out that there was some shady stuff happening or, you know, let, let's we've seen this play out. Like I, I hope it's not the case, but let's be honest. A year ago or two years ago, we were all talking about Sam Bankman fried being on the front cover of a magazine and everyone's like, and he's an amazing guy. In Congress. Exactly. That was like a 10 out of 10 joke. And everyone, exactly. And everyone missed the boat. Like, oh, this guy was committing a huge yeah, fault. Right. I'm not saying right. Sam Altman's doing that. Don't get me wrong, right? But we don't know what's there. So I hope it was just a political thing and it ends up that he ends up back there. They keep moving things forward. It also means Microsoft, Google, others keep moving things forward because of them. And that would be a positive thing i think but the only thing yeah. uh, let's pin this and then uh, i think because uh, we probably yeah. hit everything we need to let's pin it with this i agree with you, uh, uh i love your assessment on the nonprofit and uh, making us understand why these things exist uh it clearly cannot be done the way they did the right it's just so obvious yeah that what they tried to 10d chest this move turns out you i don't think Anybody else of no, you think a VC will ever invest into this type of vehicle again? Yeah. It's, it's never going to happen, right? Yeah, mad. It, it, the only thing, so, so right now, what time is it? We're about to wrap up. Right now is 2 30 uh, East Coast. This is what we know for sure. There will be government governance changes at OpenAI. There almost certainly will be governance changes. Um, and Sam Altman will either be there with Greg Brockman or they're all going to be working at Microsoft. Right, they're all gonna be doing HR training tomorrow, right before Thanksgiving. So I think that's the only prediction we know for sure. Satya totally recovered because he made a huge bet on this company with zero, yeah. zero uh, uh, guardrails for Microsoft. Honestly, to be told a minute beforehand, before Trung Fan, co-founder, barely AI thin rapper. <laughs> like, come on, Satya. Sat Here's the thing: Satya ain't getting pantsed again. Let, let's I'm, let me make that very clear. Like Satya and Nadella ain't getting surprised again about anything in AI. Yeah, he let them I'll know that that, right that can't happen again. Yeah, yeah like that. Uh, so those are what we know for sure. I think Sam will keep working with Satya. That's all we know. Okay. Well, I think that. Sorry, one tweet that was relevant here is uh, uh, just Jake said. Paul Graham once said, you either die a hero or live long enough to be a PM at Microsoft. And I think that Hysterical. sums it up perfectly. Hysterical. Yeah. Well, here, let, let's add that. 
everyone that works in AI today in a startup, you will be working for Google, X, or Microsoft in the next 10 years. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> That's just a reality. Um, but uh, I had nothing else to add. Oh, the last thing I'll add is this question for Bilal. Could the IRS look into these, the structure that's been going on? Seriously, though, because you mentioned tax benefits for nonprofits, the 503C. Mm. There seems like some chicanery is going on, potentially. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? They could. Yeah, I think the, the benefit, though, of the 501C3 is that you essentially have to put out a lot of your financials. There's all these like laws. So you literally have okay. to go and put all the salaries of people, how much you raise. Like, it's, it's, there's a lot of transparency that's supposed to be there for that reason. I think it's called an, is it 990? I, I, I might be getting confused with uh, other stuff. But so maybe there are benefits to having it. But I do agree. This seems like a, if this was a stock rising, stock falling segment, which we should bring to the show, the stock falling is that convoluted corporate structure, right? Like just just pick, a, pick one. You know, like, the, I mean, I think you don't need to have all this crazy stuff going on. Just like you're either a for profit company or you're a non profit. There's a reason most organizations use one or the other. And right now, there's this kind of confusing thing going on. So that, that would be my only thing don't, to add Don't to get too smart is what you're saying. Yeah. Like there's, there's enough complex stuff to figure out. Don't need to, you don't need to, like if there's Stripe Atlas, just use Stripe Atlas to make your LLC. You know what I mean? You don't need to <laughs> be going, like oh, I'm going to fill out the paperwork myself. Like just pay the $500 or whatever it is. So, All right, uh, let's anyway. tee up our boy, uh, Jack. Uh, well, first of all, I want to thank Jack for allowing. Uh, <laughs> I know this episode was less of a back and forth, uh, but Jack obviously made key contributions. The C4 uh, message was absolutely hysterical. Might be the highlight, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, uh, Blau, I don't know what you wanted to tee up. Yeah, Jack I mean, Jack, you, we still got a few minutes to talk through your stuff. You also got the fire merch on that we want to talk about. Can you tell about. us what's going on here? Well, I've got some new merch ship, boys. These are prototypes I'm wearing right here. Little Beautiful. BB racing. And Bro, so, can I get one? Yeah, yeah, we yeah got, I'll ship you boys one each, yeah. He's going to okay, send us okay. one. Let's do that. Yeah, but I got Jack, a like, we've got a few minutes uh, here. Let's, let's talk, because you've been talking about this in the DMs a little bit before, but we you, it's now out in the public. So what is your latest project? Because this is a really big, big thing for you, man. So I got um been working on a collaboration with Red Bull Racing for the last Jeez. Mm, probably two months or so. There we um, go. I'll share a Amazing. little screen here, boys. Yeah, do it. Two two projects coming out tomorrow morning. Oh my uh, just, oh for the listeners. Look at that, man. What, okay, what is the website here? The trailer. Uh, what is the website? I just posted uh the trailer on my um on Twitter. Twitter. So it's some Did you, long. I'm, I'm, let me hit. After. Let me smash that RT real quick, son. Yo, Legend. dude, this is unreal, man. Jack. So, Jack, what is it? So, is is it a piece of artwork with them? Because it's for Formula so One, yeah. Yeah. So they've done this thing this season called the Velocity Pass. I'm the fourth artist to work on this in the series. So it's incredible. For artists have dropped these collections in collaboration with. Red Bull for different races throughout the season. And uh, I have two collections coming out tomorrow. First one is called Trademark. You can see it here. And it's basically a, uh, maybe I can show you a bigger version of this somewhere, or maybe not. I'll zoom in. But it's built on this platform called Artblocks, which is essentially you, you design an algorithm that feeds these random inputs and 
the outputs come out all different based on the algorithm that's been designed. Just so a form like, of generative art. Is that still yeah, the word? Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. So this is uh, the first project. And then the second is called Signature, which is, uh, you know. Very visualized another... value, very Jack Butcher. Yeah, exactly. Are so this one is tires? more. Tires. Uh, are those wheels or tires? Well, this is the rubber left, or it is emblematic of the rubber left on the asphalt after victory. Because this will be. Uh, real. <laughs> Beautiful. This will be the. the uh, I think they. Red, Red Bull won the season about halfway through this year, but um, Verstappen is setting all sorts of records, and they're, uh, I th yeah, they're, they've won already. But the last race, this was kind of a, a a tribute to that that incredible season that they had, and this is a a small collection that again, uh, these are completely random and unique, and they're generated when somebody mints each piece. So. Those are yeah, beautiful, dude. That tomorrow. is very sick. cool, man. I would so, wear that on a shirt. There we go. There you go, man. Well, this and so Jack, what this, is? I'm gonna be doing a few more on. of these. Now you ask me. And so yeah, you you uh, it's launching tomorrow. You said so. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if we end up putting this out on Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm not sure. But um, and so people are gonna be able to go and mint this themselves, yeah. Yeah. So 2 p.m. UTC tomorrow, Websites. which I think is Wednesday. What's the URL that they want to get? Go to my Twitter November. profile. Okay. Go, go to, to my Twitter, Twitter profile, profile. Click on the link that's on the trailer, and then uh, so the the second one is 200 pieces. It's limited to 200 pieces. A signature, and then the first one is going to be open for 24 minutes, and that's uh, uh, derived from Red Bull's fastest lap at every track. So oh, that is participants sick. will determine the size of the collection based on how many people participate in that Interactive. Jack, so I just want to, mm -hmm. for the listeners, I just retweeted Jack's thing, and I just realized, did Red Bull Racing Oracle, the official handle, post that video that you just yeah. put it over? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Chat. Okay, hold on, Jack, 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 Jack. Let's get Jack, back Jack, to the Jack, three boys' Jack, faces. There we Jack, go. Reaction Jack, time. Jack, <laughs> Jack, Butcher. How did this happen? Can you, how, what can you reveal? So I'm, I work with, uh, um, these guys called AOI art on internet and they've been sort of there, the bridge between Red Bull and me. And, uh, I think we probably connected a year or so ago when I started publishing, uh, my first, uh, NFTs on foundation back in 2021, 22. And uh, he reached out at the start of the season. We actually were trying to get this done for Silverstone because of the the nationality connect connection. Oh, there we go. And uh, yeah. ended up just ended up just um, delaying it for a couple reasons. And then he reached back out for the opportunity to do it for the last race. And uh, I just had way more uh, way more time to think about it and do it properly. So ended up uh, putting these two things together. These guys came down a couple of weeks. We shot a little film. It was like a little four minute four minute film they made, which they did a great job on. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's about the, the it, long man. and short of it. Would boys. you say this is a dream come true? Cause I know Ferrari, we, we talked about up. this question on the pod once someone asked an AMA, what brands would you want to collaborate with? Oh, yeah. For people who don't know, I mean, most people listening will notice, but Jack is a massive car guy, right? Like you've been a car guy since you were a, a kid. Yeah, since I was a you kid. Know, you My love first cars. Oh, serious. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, your first what? Word. First word. 
Come on. That's why mm. I didn't know that. That is sick. Yeah. So yeah, no, I've been I've been obsessed with this stuff forever. Yeah. And that was like my dream gig in the agency world. And this is obviously just have way more, excuse the pun, you have way more agency in this because it's just uh, <laughs> yeah. however you more want to. More agency than agency. Yeah, because you're you the artist. Control. Yeah. You get you to do what you control, want. Bro. You're gonna say control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you yeah. go. It's 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 been great. It's been a great experience, man. And uh yeah, the uh we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens cool, tomorrow. Dude, but, um, huge congrats, man. Massive. Yeah, that's a massive deal, man. Congrats. Hat, hats Thank off. Thank you. Yeah, proud of it. Appreciate it, boys. That is sick, Tuk, mate. Tukes off to you, man. There we go. I just and I'll get some merch tuk. in the post for you, boys, too. Thank Let's you, sir. Shipped out. Let's do it. Well, all right. Perfect way happy to Happy Thanksgiving up. to all the Americans out there. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. Uh, I'm actually Indeed. celebrating Thanksgiving. I got uh, American friends up here. Oh, go yeah. hard. You're going to get gonna, that. Uh, is it like a Friendsgiving vibe? You're bringing yeah, some food, too? No. We're actually going to do it at a Chinese restaurant this year. Oh, that's yeah. the best. Because they had the host. man. Love it. Yeah, food yeah, and less stress. And like, uh, mm, and be secretly, fun. I've been extremely hungover this entire podcast. I had a couple of wobblies <laughs> last night. So for people who don't know. <laughs> wobblies. <laughs> man, this is a great ad for C4, man. Because you did yeah, not. Bro, yeah, you did not. Bro, hungover with like the energy. C4, brother. Look at that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. C4 got a real good sponsorship today for free, but uh, yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i going to look that up after. Let's, no, re- all let's reach aside, out, boys. Good to uh, yeah. catch up about this. Great, hope you guys enjoyed that. I know we were going deep there. I think it's almost hour and a half or so. so. Yo, people asked for it, man. We, yeah. we saw some uh, queries. In the, in the Telegram chat. Appreciate you guys commenting. Let us know what you think of this in the comments on YouTube. Congrats again to Jack on his great work. Continued success. Thank you, boys. Uh, great to see you, mate. Love to see it, mate. And um, yeah, we'll enjoy Thanksgiving and we'll be back next week for another banger for you guys. Enjoy. <laughs>